Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Episode 27, Business of Design podcast. We're back, and I've got a fun little show for you this week. I think it's fun anyway. The topic came to me from a Business of Design member. Gloria Pasalu is an architect with Post Architecture, and my company has hired Post Architecture many times to help us complete the projects that we work on that have a big uh, renovation or build element. And Gloria sent me a column recently a link to a column from a website, Board Panda, and it was all about bad clients and how to spot them. Now, I didn't like the concept of a bad client so much for the podcast, although the fact is sometimes clients aren't great, uh, but most are really, really good. So I thought I would change things up a little bit and present you with some situations that happen with regularity, particular um, stereotypes or archetypes of clients, if you will. And then talk a little bit about whether or not you act on that behavior or how to act on that behavior, when you should deflect any action on that behavior, and when you should just ignore it. Uh, And probably not a lot of ignoring going on. Most things you should deal with head on. So episode 27, when to act, deflect, and ignore. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Brought to you by Business of Design, a coaching community for independent designers like you. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Hey Cheryl, I'm feeling the need to hit the road. Can we come up with a trip or something? Do you like how I just spontaneously reminded you? Let's talk about this. Well, we've actually been talking about uh, going on a trip. Uh, Summer's over, so we're already starting to talk about next year. Mm. Um, And we've got a couple of options that we've been debating between ourselves, and we're just uh, we're asking everyone else to to vote. Basically, if you go onto our website in in events um, and click on travel with BOD, we've got. two places in mind. Um, One is High Point in April. If you've never been and you want to go with Kimberly and do some BOD learnings, um, that one's on our list. And Kimberly's also hoping to take everyone to LA with her in October. So we just want to find out who's going to come with us. Yeah, I'm not going alone. Cheryl, you're coming, right? I I would love to. I would love to. It's been a while since we've traveled together. Okay. And I'm just telling you now, because Cheryl's the person I give all my big ideas to, you know, this year we're going to do High Point and potentially also Los Angeles. But the year after 2019, we need to go to Paris, I think. It's been a a while since I've been to Paris. I need to go to Paris. So that's what we're going to do. So this would be a a precursor. And both of these trips are a write-off. They will be a business expense. We will have lots of learning. And we'll chase the learning with wine. So there's really no reason not yes, to attend. So, <laughs> yeah, check it out on the on the website and get in touch with me and let me know which or both um, that you're interested in attending. Yeah, and we'll get that uh, we'll get that on the calendar. Awesome. Thanks, Cheryl. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. And now back to the show. 
So I promised in the introduction we would talk about some archetypes in clients and how that impacts you, and I'd pull from memory some of my client interactions and see if you can relate to any of this. And uh, there are about 12 or 13 of them I think I came up with. And again, uh, this was all all, um, inspired by an article I read on Board Panda that had to do with 15 bad clients. So I I took a little from what they had... uh, and then I added some information from the clients that I'm deal with, dealing with now and some from clients in the past. The first one, number one, is I need this done now. You know what that feels like. You get a new customer and they've been thinking about a project two years, three years, four years. The house is falling down around them. And suddenly, it's not just a desire to have a new kitchen, it's a dire need to have a new kitchen. And they finally decided to pick up the phone and phone you. And the expectation, the desire, the want is that this has to be done immediately. They want it now, they want it yesterday. And it's really tempting, particularly if you're new and you don't have quite as many customers as you like, to want to please this customer by saying, of course, I can take this job on immediately absolutely we can get started tomorrow. This is not a problem. Let me handle it. The fact of the matter is, even the smallest job in my world takes quite a long time. Now, if you're a stager, you're probably thinking, nope, jobs are pretty fast for me. Sometimes they happen in three or four days. Uh, and, And I get and understand that that's the truth. But when you step into the world of decorating or design or renovation or architecture, it doesn't work like that. In this situation, your language uh, matters very much, and you want to be careful not to lead a client into the impression that you can meet an unreasonable timeline. The fact of the matter is, everything in our world works pretty slowly, and I use that exact language with clients frequently. So a client will say to me, listen, I know it's October, but we want to have a party in December. And yeah, are there things I can do between October and December to get the house looking ready for a party? Absolutely. But installing new kitchens and bathrooms are not on that list. I can restyle things. I can fluff. Maybe I can get things painted, but probably not. At the moment, we are experiencing an increased demand for services. That means what that tells me is the economy is doing pretty well. Everybody's busy. The trades seem to be very busy. And now, of course, this is going to be completely dependent on where you live. Uh, Some economies are not doing well at all at the moment, and you might have lots of free time. But I find when we are super busy, when the trades are super busy, in fact, it does make projects slower because it's harder to get people to come out and do what I need them to do. So I have to be very careful when I'm talking to the client that needs everything now to let them know that that just isn't possible, that there are many companies that would lie to them and let them believe it was possible and then disappoint them, but that's not my company. And so if they can find someone else who can do it quickly, then we wish them well. And if not, let's do it right instead of quickly. The next archetype is the flip-flopper. You know this client. Yes, they love 
everything you presented, and it's exactly what they want until one week later, and they've gone to Florida, and they saw something different, and now they want everything changed. And none of that is really a problem, to tell you the truth, if you're working on an hourly fee, because you just start billing them again. And so if they really don't care, and they want you to start from the beginning, by all means, go ahead and do that. Now, if you're working on a flat fee, that would constitute not a revision, but a total change of plans, a complete uh, scope expansion. So you want to make sure that your contract protects you from the occasional flip-flopper. I find that there aren't that many clients who hem and hong go back and forth, probably because my fees will weed out a lot of customers who don't take this very seriously, which works for me. When I had um, Kimberly Selden Design Group analyzed and um, we were in the process of rebranding. One of the things that came out of that fact is that my firm has a reputation for being very, very serious about design. And that works really well in this situation where I can say to a customer that we have firm, rigid policies that we're going to follow. And by all means, you're welcome to completely change your mind on how you want this project to look. But that means that we start the clock all over again. And if the client wants to do that, great. And if not, then I can spend my time and my powers of persuasion to help them see that the first plan is ultimately going to serve them very well. Be careful with the flip-floppers too, because sometimes you'll find yourself backed into a corner saying, yeah, you know what, this new idea is better. And that can undermine your trustworthiness. So be careful. I've learned uh, when this happens, and it really doesn't happen that often, but I have learned when it does happen, not to completely abandon the first approach we took because it was a good approach, but instead to review with the client what the goals were and then make sure this new idea is also going to meet those goals. And where I see a disconnect between those two things, it's okay to say, you know what, I really think the first approach is the right way to go. And it's okay sometimes to say, I'm fully committed to the first approach. If you want to go in a different direction, I'll go there with you. I'm sure we can come up with something lovely, but I do still think our first idea was a great idea and you should really consider it. Clients will find that kind of dialogue extremely comforting. They don't want to think that their grand scheme is just easily replaceable. So it's okay sometimes to defend your ideas. The third type of client is the everything is an emergency client. You know that customer who makes everything into a five alarm fire. Um, Something didn't arrive on time and call in the troops. Uh, This is going to ruin her life. It's going to ruin her event, etc. And I do not in any way, shape or form mean to be disrespectful toward clients. I think this is a pretty rare customer. Uh, But the fact of the matter is they're really is no such thing as a decorating emergency. Um, Fire, shock, flooding, those can be decorating emergencies if any of those things are happening. But almost anything else is not an emergency. It's just something that needs to be dealt with. So I'm constantly aware of how to bring the level of anxiety down when I'm talking to customers and people. And something that I've learned is I don't do very well when a conversation is escalated to the level of hysteria. So what I will say to the customers is, 
look, I can, I can go there with you. I can get really agitated and excited and raise my voice, but I don't think very well in that state. So in order for me to solve this problem for you effectively, I want to suggest that we just bring the entire tone of this conversation down a couple of notches. Take a deep breath. Understand that I am fully committed to making you happy, but I don't think well when things get escalated to that degree. And I've seen that really diffuse that customer who gets overexcited about things. We once had this customer and um, she phoned me up. Um, This was the first time it happened. She phoned me up and said, you have to come to the house right now. The marble is absolutely not what I wanted. There's way too much gray veining in the marble and you promised me there wouldn't be and I have to get rid of this and so we have to start all over kind of thing. And I said, oh my, this sounds pretty serious and I didn't know her that well. So of course I go scooting over to her house and I get there and we've got a an ensuite filled with Carrera marble. And yes, some of the pieces have more gray veining than the others. There's no question about it. But I would say out of all of the pieces of marble, maybe there's 10% that have this extra gray veining. Now, initially, when I got to her house, of course, I'm really agitated because she's called me and I'm upset and I think something's wrong and what have I done? I've made a mistake. I'm such an idiot. Why can't I get it right? And then I get there and I realize, oh my gosh, okay, this is just typical veining. This is nothing. So I take a minute. I take a deep breath. I'm thinking to myself, you know, think, Kimberly, think. And then I propose the following. Why don't we take the tiles that have the darkest gray veining and we'll place them underneath the bathtub? Oh, she said, that works. Thank you. And off she scoots. Meanwhile, my heart is racing. I can barely breathe. I just about had a heart attack on a job site, all for nothing. Um, So... Be careful with those customers to make sure they understand what happens to you when they call in an emergency. And that happened to me a couple of times with this customer. And then I finally sat down with her and had a heart-to-heart talk. And I, I I said something like, have you ever had a true emergency in your life? And she said, what do you mean? I said, no, I mean a really a real emergency. Someone was sick. You had to call an ambulance. And she said, well, you know, this thing happened. I said, oh yeah, that's an emergency. Gray veining in the tiles, not an emergency. The fireplace surround that's a little bit too brass and not enough brush nickel, not an emergency. You see the difference, right? And she laughed and she said, oh, you always talk me off the ledge. So It's true that sometimes you don't realize you have those customers until you're in the middle of a project, but as as soon as it happens, make sure you address it as quickly as possible so you can bring the excitement level down, 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 because do not underestimate how much wear and tear that will take on your trades if it's that kind of excitement level that's happening every single day. The next customer is the what? It's a weekend customer. And this one, like most of the other issues, has to do with us being vigilant about the rules that we present to clients. So there was a time when I first started out that I worked weekends and evenings. And honest to gosh, if they had emailed me on Christmas Eve, I would have responded to them. But now I know that Monday to Friday, nine to five, those are professional working hours. Uh, Labor Day weekend, not professional working hours. So I don't interact with clients at those times. It's really 
really important as you're going into those times, Friday afternoons or the Thursday before a beautiful long weekend, it's really important that you let clients know the status of their project and when the next time they're going to hear from you is. Because you don't want them thinking on the weekend, I wonder what's going on with my project. You want the last thing they heard about on Friday. Everything is in order. Uh, We were able to get the permit drawings into the city and we're just going to wait for those approvals. And other than that, I'm waiting for pricing and the presentation is three weeks away and I'm looking forward to it. So enjoy the weekend and I will touch base with you by Tuesday or Wednesday of next week. That is all again on us. In fact, most of these archetypes, the task of managing them falls directly on our shoulders. Number five is the, I hate that client. Uh, And it could be, I hate that color. Um, I don't like Asian patterns. I had one client say to me, um, these hard and fast lines in the sand uh, that sometimes make it challenging for us to get our work done. Whenever that happens, I always go back to the mood we're trying to create. You know, remember when you hired me, you said you wanted to, your home to be quiet and peaceful and restful. And so this leaf pattern, although it looks air quote, Uh, Asian to you, to me just speaks of a quiet scene with a beautiful tree and a light breeze. Um, Does that work for you? So always bring it back in those situations. I always bring it back to the mood or the atmosphere we're trying to create. Number six is a tricky one. Number six is the, I assumed it was included customer. Um, You do want to be careful with that customer. Sometimes uh, it's intentional. The customer just wants to squeeze out as much as possible from you. We find this happens sometimes with the consultation process. I'll go to the consultation. I assume makes it really clear that it's two hours. And at the end of the two hours, if it's just a DIY person, I'm going to give you the written notes and we're going to review them together. And if you have any questions, the time to ask me is right then and there. uh, Because afterwards, I won't have even a copy of the notes. But invariably, once a year, somebody will phone I soon and say, we haven't gotten our drawings yet. We haven't gotten our package yet from Kimberly. And uh, we'll tell her that they they understood that we were going to design the kitchen and send them drawings or whatever it is. So with that kind of situation, you do want to be smart and make sure you're protecting yourself legally, uh, that you've got it somewhere written on your paperwork, on the invoice, on the receipt, uh, that it's a two-hour consultation, uh, that that's completely inclusive of everything they're going to receive. And if there's an email correspondence that explains explains what happens at the consultation, that's even better. So that's a situation where you really do need to protect yourself. And if you're working on a flat fee, because sometimes that can happen as well, I've got a situation like that right now, in fact, going on. Again, the onus is on me the very first time scope creep occurs to bill the client for that time. So that way they know without a shadow of a doubt, every single time something gets added to the project, I'm going to bill them outside for that amount of time. Um, Most of these things, like I said, are going to be your responsibility to manage. You don't need to change the clients. Clients are perfect. What we want to do is change how we operate to make it comfortable for the clients who decide they're going to work with us. Number seven is the sudden reappearance. I had this customer who we did a presentation for back in February, and they wanted to work with their own 
contractor that they'd worked with many times. And the project was out of town. It was a a summer house. And uh, I was fine with them working with their own contractor. And we did the presentation and everything was great. And the next thing that was supposed to happen is they're going to meet with the contractor and get things moving. I did a tile schedule for the contractor. I produced all the drawings. I added all the notes. Uh, The lighting plan was there. So the contractor knew exactly where I wanted items to be placed. The sconces are 71 inches above the finished floor, et cetera, et cetera. Got that all ready. And everything was out of our hands by March 1st. Well, April, May, June, I'm calling the client. What's going on? Why haven't I heard from you? We haven't placed any orders. When are we going to get going? July, August, September. September is here. Suddenly the client reappears and says, I need to order everything right now. Well, the fact of the matter is I'm super, super busy right now. We're very careful about taking on more work than we can handle. And yes, I took her on before these other customers, but she disappeared. And so I had to explain to the customer, look, I want to help you out, but I have other customers that I'm in the middle of things with. And you were scheduled to be ordered everything by April. And here we are in September. So it's okay sometimes to let clients know that you have other customers. They're not the only customer. Um, sometimes that was that was really, really hard for me to say to clients. I wanted every client to think they were the sun, the moon, and the stars, which they are. But I have other clients who are also that important to me. So in this case, I really had to be firm with the client and say, I'm really sorry, but this is not going to get ordered in September. We can order everything for you in October. We now have to reprice and make sure everything is the same price because I know for sure it won't be. I know the fabric prices have recently gone up, so that's probably going to be another ten percent. Um, I so I had to I had to prepare her for that. Was she disappointed? Yes, but the fact of the matter is, I have other customers. She didn't fall into line in terms of project management, and I want to give her my full attention. Uh, like she deserves, uh, which and the way I can show her that I'm going to do that is by giving my current customers my full attention until they're in a position where I can go back, circle back, and get everything ordered for her. So be aware of that client who disappears and then comes back and everything is a rush. Number eight is the, we don't really have a deadline customer, which sounds really good until they say, wait, we're having a party in three weeks and everything has to be ready then. How many times, I would love to do this survey. In fact, next time I'm in a big, big group, I'm going to do this. How many times has a client told you that they're having a big party suddenly? And this party was nowhere on the horizon and suddenly five, six w- weeks away from you being finished, this party is in three weeks and now you're expected to get everything done. The fact of the matter is the timeline doesn't change and it doesn't matter how important the party is. So recently I had to explain to customers Customers that despite the fact that they want to have their entire office to their home at Christmas time, their project cannot be ready. In fact, it will be at the most awkward, ugly, uncomfortable, unsightly state possible in December. And they're going to have to go to a restaurant or they're going to have to rent a different space because legally, I don't even think they're going to be able to have people in. And it doesn't matter if we push, it doesn't matter if we beg, it doesn't matter if we plead, it's not going to happen. So sometimes I just have to be very firm and say, no, can't happen. 
are the clients disappointed? Yeah, absolutely. Just like I would be if I was hoping I could get something done more quickly. But I will adjust. I can be flexible. And 99% of clients are mature and wonderful and responsible and can also behave that way. Number nine is very uncomfortable for me because I'm that customer uh, sometimes. And that's the customer who says, well, I don't know what I want, but that isn't it. I can admit to being that way when it comes to things like logo design or fonts or graphic design. For some reason, I can't articulate what I want to accomplish uh, very well. And so when somebody says, well, you want this or don't want that, I don't know. When I see it, I'll know it. Now, I can also be persuaded to listen to a professional who says, this is why I think this is the logo scheme, color story, et cetera, I think you should have. And it's funny because as an interior designer, you think I would be able to easily gravitate to graphic design, but for for whatever reason, my brain doesn't work that way. And that's a difficult client when you're in our business as well. The client who says, well, I'm not really sure what I want, but I'll know it when I see it, it means you're sort of left to your own devices to come up with clues to how you're going to make them happy. I remember once we had this client who used to say, well, I don't hate it when I would show her something. And I would just laugh. For some reason, she just it just tickled me. Uh, and I would laugh. And I would say, you know what? We really we're tr- we're want to aim higher. We really want to go for more than you just don't hate it. But the fact of the matter is, through the entire project, we never did get her to say she loved something. That was, for whatever reason, her fear. She couldn't go there. So we had to learn to live with, well, I don't hate it, and became kind of a running joke. Number 10 is a customer who I find challenging because I've always had a little bit of concern talking about money. And it's the customer who who says, will this cost me? Is this meeting going to cost money? Is this going to cost extra? Um, we had a customer like that a couple years ago, and it didn't matter when I would show up at her house. She would open the door, and she didn't she hardly said hello. And she would say, am I going to be charged for this meeting? And it was so shocking to me, that behavior. Um, and it was it was doubly shocking because she came referred to us by one of our favorite customers of all time, the kindest, gentlest woman I've ever met. And this was one of her very good girlfriends. And every time I showed up, she'd say, well, am I being billed for this meeting? Uh, and finally, I didn't know how to handle it. And I handled it in a variety of awkward ways. And finally, I thought, you know what, Kimberly, you use humor. That's how you deflect. That's how you learn to deflect in your family of origin. So try humor. So the next time I went to her house and she said, well, I guess I'm going to be charged for this meeting. I said, well, unless there's a Christmas party and I've been invited and you've got some rum ready to go, yeah, you're going to be charged for this meeting. And she turned around and she cracked up. And I think she really realized at that point that she had been doing that to me every single time. It wasn't personal. It was part of her tick. It was her personal default position. Um, so be aware though, that those customers may have real anxiety about the cost of things and it's worthwhile. And I tried this with her prior to the joke, uh, to sit down with them and say, are you really concerned about money? I get the impression you are. And what can we do about that? Should we cut the scope of this project? Can we peel back some layers? Uh, should we break it up into phases? How 
how can I help you become more comfortable? And invariably, we come to some kind of understanding about what's at the root of the problem. So have have compassion for your customers, you know, when they're when they have these kind of idiosyncrasies, if you will, because typically they're driven by something that's happened in their past that may not have been pleasant for them. Um, and if you can have compassion and approach it that way, I think you're going to find you can uh, get much further with them. Number 11 is the client who says, you know what, let me just do it. I'll just do it just as fast or faster than you. You know, the client who wants to save time by tackling bits of the project herself. I have had very bad luck with that type of customer. And in fact, I won't play that game anymore. For some people, they love it. They want their clients to be involved. They want to go shopping with their customers. But I have found that it slows the project up enormously. Uh, It causes much more work on my end and it just doesn't work for me. So it's funny, I talked about rebuilding my brand and discovering that it was quite a serious brand. And there's a good example of a place where I am dead serious. I'm not going out shopping and joking and having a glass of wine while I'm sourcing for someone's house. I am focused, I am driven, and I am goal-oriented when I'm out at stores shopping on behalf of clients. And I find when I go with clients, it just completely disrupts the rhythm of a project and invariable invariably leads to more questions than solutions. So for me, it doesn't work. For some of you, it really does. And I respect that. But in both cases, we want to be aware of the customer who thinks what we do happens quickly. And so I have certain pat routines I can take people through to explain why something takes as long as it takes. Um, I can take them through a quote request. When I look back at some of our quote requests, they are so detailed. They are so painstakingly put together. And I can walk through one of those with a client and explain to them that if I don't have all of this information correctly in place. What gets quoted on is something entirely different than what we want to purchase on your behalf. And you're going to suffer if I don't get this right. And sometimes that can help that customer who thinks everything should be as quick as a click of a button. Just click here and buy. (laughs) It's a little more complicated than that for us, isn't it? And the last one has to do with that customer who makes decision by committee. How many times have you done a presentation and then they want to show their sister-in-law who's great at decorating or she's going up to the cottage for the weekend and she's going to share the plans with all of the kids, by the way, four sets of grown children who have their own needs and desires and style. And invariably, what's going to come back at you is direction from four different aesthetics, four different needs, uh, and four different desires of functionality, which is not going to be helpful at the end of the day. So decision-making by committee doesn't really work for anybody, um, but is certainly challenging for me. So I work best with those clients who make very fast decisions. And in fact, I will dissuade a client from hiring me if I get the sense that they're not a really prompt decision maker. And believe it or not, one of the things that can give us an indication of that is how quickly they sign up for the consultation. I soon will t- 
tell me that this customer is our customer. That's her code for this is someone who's an ideal fit. It's a great project. They made decisions quickly. She grabbed her credit card within minutes and was signed up for the consultation and knew exactly what she wanted. That's my customer, the customer who has to phone four, five, six times to discuss whether or not they're going to purchase a consultation is not my customer. And I assume will dissuade them from hiring us uh, in a variety of different ways that should work. So make sure that you're setting the stage from the beginning with the way that you answer the phone, with what's on your website, uh, for hooking and grabbing those customers who are just right for you. Now, the customer is just right for me may not be right for you. And I completely respect that. Some of you are out there having a heck of a lot more fun than me. I happen to think this work is really hard and I give it my full focus and my full attention. And I love projects that are meaty and have renovation component to them as well. I love projects that are a hole in the ground when we start and they become a beautiful home at the end. And for others, you guys, you just want to do draperies. I meet a lot of designers who say, well, really what I focus on is window coverings. And in an apologetic way. There's nothing to apologize. If that's what turned your crank, if that's what you're good at, be the very best window designer you could possibly be. And I wish you luck in every way, believe me. But even so, even then, you're going to want to make sure you know exactly who your best customer is and you focus your marketing efforts on getting that customer over and over again. So just a little fun talk today on different archetypes of customers that you may have run into. Uh, If you haven't, you probably will. Uh, And if you have a story you want to share with us, we would love it. Please uh, get in touch with us at businessofdesign.com if you you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, or if you've heard a great person on a podcast and you think that we should interview them with specific questions, by all means, let us know what you want to know and we will go after that guest. I promise. It's always good to talk to you. I hope this is your best year ever. Thank you for being here. At Business of Design, we know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate business challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, plus access to Kimberly Selden as your mentor and guide. Unlike coaching, which can take years to produce tangible results, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $67.50. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.